Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. I'm your host today, Tina Winchester, and today I'm talking to Catherine Newton, who's the CEO of Are You OK? Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time out because I'm sure it must be quite busy for you at the moment in the lead up to September. Indeed, indeed. It's um, it, certainly the, uh, the interest and the support seems to um, seems to uh, come in, in waves a lot earlier every year, which is a great sign. So, Catherine, a recent appointment as CEO. Um, how did that come about? Well, I've um, had the pleasure of being uh, with IUOK okay for two and a half years. I came into um, into the mental health and suicide prevention space two and a half years ago, and I came from a number of years at White Ribbon. So I really love, um, which is preventing men's violence against women. So once again, in that prevention space, in the early intervention space, and long-term behaviour change. And so I was uh, working very closely alongside the former CEO, Brendan Marr, um, in my time here at IUOK, and we've done an enormous amount of work together. We are a very small team, IUOK, so until recently, um, and we're a team of eight. Right. Um, the national campaign, which is essentially a public health promotion. So if you think of Slip, Slop, Slap or Dr ABC, See, it's about getting asking this question into the vernacular, and so it was. It's been a fantastic couple of years for me, and I've learned so much from Brendan and the wider team. And it just keeps on going from strength to strength. And I was delighted and humbled uh, to be appointed CEO when Brendan moved to other things. Again, still in the same sector. Right, it's, it's fabulous. Congratulations on the appointment. That's a really, really remarkable position to be in. Um, and prior to the work with White Ribbon, you worked as a volunteer, as a lifeline counsellor. Indeed, yes. That's where my whole and um, my whole career changed, and, and I think my my life changed. To be honest, I was in a job. Um, I was in insurance and had a fantastic job in general management and insurance. Really enjoyed it. I'd helped. Um, there were. Um, uh, a couple of people who set up an underwriting agency and so that's how I came to be in Australia and I hadn't done any charity work for a while so I hadn't uh, I was feeling a little like I was a bit um, wasn't really contributing to my community and I wanted to do some charity some volunteering and I came across the lifeline training course in the local paper and so I signed up it's a six-month course and you're trained in a variety of skills um, and circumstances and then I was on the phone for um, just over 18 months. And during that time while I was training, I realised that I really wanted to see if my for-profit skills um, would, were transferable into not-for-profit. And it turns out that indeed they are. And fortunately for me, um, uh, the white ribbon opportunity um, came up and I managed to, to secure that role there. And here we are now. How interesting. So sometimes people think that when it comes to progressing careers, we need to have a, a clear career pathway that's mapped out. And yet often I hear from people, myself included, that 
that actually our careers are more of a, a, a journey rather than a destination and that it's opportunities that come along and present themselves to us that get us to a point where actually it's progressed our careers to where we would like to be. Certainly, and I think it's all about a personal passion. So for me, I felt like I hadn't volunteered, that I wanted to do something for charity. And, you know, to be honest, I the first day that I had that training session, the mentor of my group sat down and said, this will change your life. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I don't know if I'll go that far. But, um, but it actually did, and I think it's because um, there was a bit of a passion there for me, and I felt like it really took off my blinkers. And I really was able to kind of have other people on my radar apart from myself and I think in doing so you you have more time for people you listen more you have more time for for coffees and conversations and you never know where that's going to lead yeah and how fulfilling is it oh gosh it's incredible my day every day my days are just I meet amazing people I hear amazing stories I hear of how are you okay has either changed a life or sometimes saved a life. Um, it's a very it's humbling to be led into people's worlds, to be led into people's lives and experiences. And every day I'm inspired by someone else to keep going and keep doing this great work that our founder, um, you know, that our founder created and is now 10 years later. You know, in our it's in our DNA, it's in our vernacular, and so it's about deepening those opportunities and helping people to realise that it's about having a meaningful conversation, not not something to throw away. Absolutely, and obviously, without breaking any confidences or, or or anything like that, could you share some of the feedback that you get from the community in terms of how much the, the campaign impacts? Sure, um, we there will definitely be. People, I always see that there are kind of three types of people who support Are You OK? So, Are You OK? So, you have people who absolutely love the course and what it stands for. Um, they very much love the vibrancy and the hope of it and the fact that it is a suicide prevention effort. And sometimes, of course, um, uh, that could be people just, you know, they like that, they see the value in it, but quite often it's people who have lost someone to suicide and it's families and friends who want to help other families and friends from suffering what they have. So it's very, very um, powerful when when we have their support. There's also people who say that they have been impacted by a conversation. So if we frame it, if, um, if I may, if I frame it, that are you okay doesn't target the people who need help. We're not targeting the people in crisis. We target the people around them. So it's friends, it's family, it's colleagues, it's neighbours, it's teachers. And so we often hear of people who, who support that as the help giver, but sometimes when we hear of the help seeker, they will say that a conversation changed their life, that one coffee, that one moment, one walk around the block, that person noticing them really helped them to, to talk about what was on their minds and to help get them to support. And then sometimes it does go as far to say that it, it saved their life, that they had other plans for that night and that day, and that that person noticing and, and that trusted person asking the question helped them get the help they needed. Yeah, see, no wonder you love what you do. I do. It's, um, it's, and it's people from all walks of life. I think that's what's so interesting um, and also so challenging. So mental health and suicide prevention knows no boundaries. Mm. 
particular age or demographic, background, profession, you know, it can affect or you know, it can affect all of us. And so being able to be able to um, create work and further reach and further impact to everyone in this country is indeed an incredible challenge, but it's also incredibly important. And we can be as creative as we need to because we hear from people, what do they need? What do they need in their workplace? What do they need in their school? What do they need in their life? And fortunately, we can give resources and increase people's confidence and the skills to have that conversation. Yeah, definitely. You touched on the founder um, of Are You OK, which is the late Gavin Larkin. Can you tell us a little bit more about how he established Are You OK and you know how far you've come since 2009, is it? That's right, of course. So Gavin Larkin was an, uh, a marketing and advertising executive. Sadly, his father, Barry Larkin, took his life in 1995 and obviously it had devastating impacts for Gavin and his wider family. Gavin was married at the time to Marianne Larkin, who is very much still involved with Are You OK? And they um, had three children. Um, Gavin saw that there was a niche. He saw that there was a need, that there was a gap to help people open up about what was struggling, what they were struggling with. He created Are You OK? initially as a national day of action. So a day to think of someone else other than ourselves a day to take those blinkers off, to have your radar up, to check in on someone close to you. And it started with that national day and an organisation called STW, which was the organisation at the time and now WPP. They're a group of, of media and brands and advertising agencies. And our chair, Mike Conahan, was with Gavin from day one. So Gavin said to him, I've got this idea. I'd love to have your support. Mike said, of course, absolutely. And so Are You OK was created. But back then, no one really wanted to talk about suicide. The news and the media wouldn't go near it. And so what we were able to do is ask people to be ambassadors, is to ask organisations to come on board. And very slowly that momentum started to gain and then those in the mental health and suicide prevention sector other organizations realized that there is a need for a conversation starter so where are you okay fits in where gavin fit the, the conversation in is that start a conversation it is the conversation opener and if there is a need for professional help if the conversation does get too big for you and i point towards those professional services GP, Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Black Dog. And so that's how it's that's how we've sat. And I think it's very much that Gavin kept it simple. I really truly believe it's because it's simple. It can be a really difficult conversation. We acknowledge that. There can be barriers, as we know, but he kept it simple. And if that's what we do, we can help people feel more confident to reach out. Awesome. And it's not just about that one question of are you okay? Because you've got the, the four conversation steps, haven't you? Can you share that with us? Of course. What's really important now, and this is where we we and Gavin wanted everyone to be, is okay, I understand there's a question. I understand you want me to ask a question, but what do I do when they say no? <laughs> so where we're at in that behavior change journey is where we're converting the intention to ask into action. So we've got four steps to help people navigate that conversation. When someone says, no, I'm not okay, 
And let's be honest, when you've reached out to someone, if you've spotted something isn't okay and they trust you and your relationship is strong, it is quite likely that they're going to say, no, I'm not okay. So the first step is the ask, to ask the question. And people often ask me, well, how should I, how do I, you know, I can say, are you okay, but is there anything more I should know? And quite often I say to people, tell them what you've noticed. So tell them what signs you've noticed they haven't been themselves, they've been withdrawn, they've been somewhat, um, they've just, their mood has been different or they're eating or drinking more than less. Just anything that, that you've noticed that has sparked your gut instinct to ask the question. Because then if they say, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, you can say, well, it's just because this is what I've noticed. And so I just want you to know that I'm here and I want to listen and I want to help. So please, you know, feel free to chat to me if I can, if I can help. The second step is to listen. And I think this is the most important thing that I learned at Lifeline. And I think it's a real key foundation. It's a life skill to listen. So often we want to jump in and fix people's problems and to talk over them and to say, well, this is what I would do or this is what I think, and you, you know, to somewhat judge them. But this isn't about you. This is about them. And this is how they're feeling and what, they're, what they want to do. So give them the time and the space. Be silent. Let them talk. Sometimes that might be all they need. Sometimes when we're lying awake at night and then we say to someone what was troubling us the next day, we've found a little bit of a pathway. We've unraveled those thoughts and we come to our own conclusion. But sometimes, as I said, if the conversation is big for you and I, then professional support is needed. Encourage them to take some action. Try to help them think of one thing that's going to help them manage the load right now. Try not to overwhelm them. Try not to think too far into their future. But what's the one thing I can help you with right now? What do you think you need? Have you thought about seeing the doctor? Have you thought about calling Lifeline at 3am when you don't want to bother me or anyone else and wake us up? There's always someone on the end of the line. And um, Have you thought about talking to your doctor about your medication? Have you thought about talking to your manager or teacher about these pressures that you're under? The fourth step is to check in. So once someone has trusted you and they've opened up to you, it's about standing alongside them. It's about being shoulder to shoulder next to them for however long it's going to take. Don't leave them on their own. Check back in with them in a couple of days to see how they're going. Fabulous. You, you said that beautifully, like you've said it before. <laughs> well, I think it's important to really break it down. And, you know, from what we know at Are You Okay through our evaluations and our work with our ambassadors and storytelling is very much an important piece of what we do it's how you get you know how you get a behavior change message out there it's that people want to know the practicalities they want to know the how and the why so if we can break it down into clear steps not overcomplicate it help people get through those barriers we did a survey and um, that that asked why why might you not ask the question what are the barriers and the top reasons that came up were it's none of my business I don't know what to do I might make it worse or they might get angry or upset. And absolutely, they are very valid reasons to be somewhat uncomfortable and not, and not confident to ask the question. But you know them best because you're the one that spotted these signs. You're the one that works with them every day. You study with them every day. You live with them. You know when something's not quite right. And isn't it far, far better to ask the question than to experience some of the tragic circumstances, as, of course, we so often do hear of? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You mentioned evaluations. Um, what kind of studies and evaluations have you done um, around uh, the Are You OK campaigns? 
Yeah, so since we started, we've always um, we've always evaluated our work. So um, up until two years ago, or sorry, last year, we um, we have what we called a pre Are You Okay Day evaluation and a post Are You Okay Day evaluation. So we can see the differences in behaviours and attitudes. Now, as we're getting um, as we're getting further into this behaviour change um, model, we are looking at quarterly evaluations. So that helps us pick out on some trends. It helps us pick up some topical questions, so that we can indeed reflect that back to the community and say, "Yes, we're listening. This is what you're telling us." And so, this, for example, will be the theme for this year, or these trends and these notes will be taken into our next workplace resources. Or, wonderful, we're hearing from you that um, as teachers, you want some resources for primary school, not just high school. Okay, we're listening and we've been able to produce some toolkits. So it's all about keeping up with that measure of, um, of the impact. And we always measure how willing and able people are to have the conversation, how often they're having it, but also how they're having it. Is it face-to-face? Is it the telephone? Is it SMS? Is it online? And, of course, one of the things that we always get asked is, is social media having an impact on people feeling disconnected? The evidence base behind um, Are You OK? is an academic called Dr Thomas Joyner, and he has what's called an interpersonal theory of suicide prevention. And there are three factors that can contribute to someone um, taking their lives. And one of them is a sense of disconnection, of social isolation and not belonging. And it's that factor that Are You OK? is trying to change. We're trying to increase those meaningful connections. And so what, of course, social media you know, is a great way to connect us, but it is, you know, somewhat help, you know, making people feel disconnected because of the disingenuine nature of some of the posts. But what I would say to people is look out for the signs of changes in online behaviour. Are they posting less? Are they not responding? Are they engaging negatively? Or are they posting a lot more? Are they on their phones a lot more? Just looking out for that regular, um, that, that change in behaviour can be really important. And so online can be one of those one of those measures. That's so interesting. Yeah, because the online behaviour we, we we hear a lot um, at the, with the work that we do around um, the impacts of social media, good or bad. But I don't actually ever recall having a conversation with someone either through podcasting or going out to businesses, which where they've talked about that in the way that you did in terms of the change of behaviour online. I was um, I was on the plane uh, last month and I had the most fantastic conversation. I think when you wear an Are You OK wristband or badge, it naturally starts the conversation, which, of course, Gavin Larkin would be delighted 10 years on. Um, and an, an older gentleman was on the plane next to me and we got chatting about where he was going. He was travelling from Perth to Melbourne. I said, oh, wonderful, what's, um, you know, what's taking you on the journey? And he said, oh, my... Um, my friend's struggling and, I, and he didn't know that I was with Are You OK at that point. And I said, oh, gosh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, are you going over to, to give him a hand? And he said, yes. It, it was his birthday and I just noticed that we were all saying happy birthday to him, but he wasn't replying. And so I picked up the phone and I said, mate, that's unusual for you. Is everything OK? And his friend had just lost his wife and he said, no, I'm really struggling. And so the gentleman I was sitting with said, I hear you. You're in a really dark space. I'm getting on the plane and I'm just going to come and spend a week with you and we're going to chat and we're going to work things out. And so what a great example. What, a, what an amazing guy. Yeah. 
So of course, not all of us have the, you know, can afford to hop on a plane from Melbourne to Perth, whether that's financially, I have the time to do so. But what a great example of, he spotted that change, got on the phone, asked what was wrong, and there he was heading over. And he knew he could, he, he might not be able to fix it. He knew he probably won't, he's not going to be able to take his grief away, but he can certainly be there to be alongside him and help him find a pathway to feeling better. What a great story. I like that. So your evaluations um, inform the themes around Are You OK? and the resources. So you talked about the resources and now you've got lots of everyday resources on your website from rural and remote, um, at work, at school, uni and TAFE. Is that growing? Have you found that that library of resources is growing? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And that's just testament to our strategy is um, to build on a 365-day, um, you know, it's, it's a calendar. So the theme last year was every day is Are You OK Day? And it was one of those fantastic moments where we've been listening to, um, to the community, to our supporters, um, you know, to the people who write in and give us feedback on Are You OK Day. Not everyone likes Are You OK Day and we completely understand that. It's not about, um, you know, it has to be genuine. If it's tokenistic, then of course people aren't going to open up and say, no, I'm not OK, if I don't trust you. Um, but what we know is that the cupcakes, for example, a morning tea at work are fantastic, but let's have genuine conversations with it. Let's make sure those conversations and that culture of Are You OK is embedded across the workplace, across the school, across the community all year round and not just on that day in September. And so now that that just momentum is building, we, um, we, we put the theme out there every day as Are You OK Day and people just ran with it. You know, we didn't even need to explain it or script you know, script anyone, they just, you know, they just said it. So it's obviously something that has, um, you know, that has resonated with people. And from there, the industries, the communities um, just continue to grow and we're asked for many, many resources throughout the year to help people get to their own staff or their own school or their own students or their own um, neighbours and loved ones. So really, there is no boundary to how far this can go. As long as people need it and they're asking, then we will continue to, to deliver. So from that concept from 2009, when there was a reluctance, media communities, there was a reluctance to talk about mental health, mental illness, suicide. I wonder if Gavin could have ever imagined that people would be so open now to accepting that this is part of our communities, of our workplaces, in our families, in ourselves. I mean, what an amazing journey. Absolutely. And I, you know what? I think it's testament to people who show vulnerability. I think it's testament to those people who are being open and who are saying, I struggle or I struggled and this is how I got help and this is where there's hope. And this is where there is a need to have this openness. And certainly I think the conversation is definitely shifting. There is a lot more openness. There's still a long way to go. Um, and there's still very much the stigma, you know, even around the word mental, mental health. Um, I liked it that some, you know, some people call it mental fitness. You know, we have to look after our mental fitness as well as our physical fitness. And I think you're right. I think that, I think he absolutely had the vision that this would be what happened. He was a very, you know, he was a man who, who absolutely knew, you know, how he wanted this to be. And I think that it's open, it's the people who are vulnerable, the leaders or the champions in community, 
that are that are sharing their struggles. And also, I think it's testament to you know to how everyone in the sector, the lifelines, the unblue, the black dogs, the headspaces, the reach out, the efforts that we're all going to to say that you can talk about suicide. You won't make it worse. The evidence shows you won't make it worse. You can have a conversation and that it can help people to open up and admit, yes, I am struggling. I just need to talk about this. Yeah, I agree. It's really that momentum. It's that movement that's happening. Yeah, it, it is. Around mentally well workplaces, so we do a lot of work around mentally well workplace. What kind of feedback are you getting from people around ensuring that um, mental health, mental illness, uh, suicide is talked about and addressed in workplaces now, whereas before it was always, well, home life is separate, work life is separate. What kind of things are you hearing? Certainly that um, people want support. I think that um, people are asking for EAPs, they're helping for counselling, they're helping for professional support, they're, helping for, they're hoping for an HR department that, that is open, that is honest and that there is still that confidentiality that they're not going to lose their jobs, that they're not going to be um, put on different duties, that they're actually going to be respected for their struggles, for who they are, and to show that they can do their role, they can do their work. They just need a bit more openness about it so that there can actually be, um, you know, this sensitivity to the struggles. It's not that they're saying they can't do their work. They just need a bit more flexibility, and I think that's where the beauty of flexibility in the workplace is really helping now. I think that, um, you know, having the timings flexibility, um, you know, the remoteness, the, the working from home, I think that that's really contributing. And also certainly hearing that if the leaders are talking about mental health and suicide prevention efforts, they have to be genuine leaders. People see through that tokenism. They certainly do. An organisation is trying to, you know, is doing it just to just to look good and a bit of a tick box. They're absolutely saying that they know when it's a tick box. And again, it comes down to that trust and genuineness and that everyday conversation. It's not that we put a poster up in the kitchen on Are You OK Day. It's the fact that colleagues, managers and, and leaders, they help their teams feel safe. There's, you know, very much the you know, the word at the moment is psychological safety so that teams and people feel safer to put their hands up. Yeah, that's funny because I was talking to somebody only last week about um, buy-in from senior leaders in workplaces and how important it is, but not buy-in as sending emails around saying I endorse this but going out face to face meeting with their employees and 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 genuinely connecting with their staff to say I do endorse this I'm encouraging you to access the support that we've got available um you're not going to be discriminated against if you're going through a difficult time we want to support you and address whatever problems you may have now to prevent an escalation into a crisis and that's it isn't it you know that's what we're you know trying to stop small things becoming big things it's about that early intervention it's about prevention um and i think that you know people quite often ask how they can get involved um you know with are you okay and one of them is to be a champion in the workplace so be an are you okay champion you know have you know have meetings with your HR managers, with your leaders to say what are we doing as an organization? I'm hearing from my peers and my colleagues, this is what we want to do. You know, are we happy with our EAP service? Are we happy with the communications? 
we pull out all year round. Are we happy with the guest speakers that we bring in? Are we happy with our support mechanisms? And I think it's about um, having those conversations and then also having them trained as mental health first aiders. Yeah. The workplace, we know there's first aiders, but mental health first aiders is fantastic. There's so many amazing platforms out there. There's mental health first aid, there's living works, there's QPR. Um, and so many more people are now asking, what can we, what can we do? And I'm saying that's absolutely the next step. Have be a champion, have are you okay day events and communications and ambassadors in your workplace and take it that step further and have them trained. Yeah, all feeds in together and we're all, our outcome is the same for all of us, however we're approaching it. The outcome is that we want to inform people, educate people to ultimately save lives and lessen the struggle. Exactly. And, you know, things like staff at schools and staff at universities, that's helping them feel connected. However, let's not forget as well that they're workplaces too and they need that culture of are you okay? Yeah. For sure. I was talking when I, I, I did a podcast with Simon Blake, who's the CEO of Mental Health First Aid England. And I said to him in the podcast, we were talking about well, workplace culture. And I said, I'm not talking about a revolution. And he said, but you should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We refer to the conversation movement. You know, that's that's I mean, that's the that's the power of people, isn't it? That's the power of social movements. And, you know, we're all about changing attitudes and behaviours. It's like the seatbelt. Um, you know, back in the day when everyone would wear a seatbelt, now everyone wears a seatbelt. Um, smoking, it's all about these long-term behaviour changes and they do take decades, but it certainly feels like we're absolutely on, um, on, on, the, on, the, on the crest of the wave here. Yeah, I agree. I see that a lot more now than ever before. It, it, there was a time, you know, even just even a decade ago um, when it was pretty much swept under the carpet and somebody else's problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, and I think again, it comes back to people being vulnerable and open and honest. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your ambassadors. So, um, your celebrity ambassadors and community ambassadors, and the work that they do with you. Well, I think that comes back to the, you know, the fact that they are um, being open and vulnerable. So, um, whether they're celebrity or community, they're all volunteers. Um, So they all, um, you know, have either they have had their life changed by a conversation, or they have helped someone by having this conversation. So. But they're, um, they're very much trained in the key messaging around are you okay and how to speak safely about it because we know that there are um, very, very important guidelines when we're talking about suicidality that we must always keep those who may be vulnerable and um, who are in the room or watching on TV or, you know, listening to podcasts and radio, we almost must keep those in mind. And so they're trained on the message. They share very much how, how, why they love Are You OK and why they support Are You OK and encourage others to do so from their own experiences. And that's what's so important. When we, um, you know, with such, a, with such a movement as we are, it's important that we're storytelling, but it's authentic storytelling. It's people who have actually um, gone through the conversation themselves. So are you on the lookout for ambassadors, the community ambassadors for Are You OK? If we had anyone that was listening that was really keen to become involved? Sure. We um, there's um, we have our email address, which is hello at ruok.org.au. And certainly our ambassador manager would be in touch to talk through the process. Um, there is a certain, a certain process that has to happen because first and foremost, it's about making sure that our ambassadors are OK. 
So it's all around looking after their welfare and their well-being and about where they are on their journey. Um, and so, yes, absolutely, we are always looking out for ambassadors. We do kind of keep quite a small pool of them so that we can make sure that it is about quality. Yeah, very good. Right. Are you OK Day this year? Um, the National Day of Action, Thursday, the 12th of September. Tell me, um, Catherine, what the theme is for this year and how anyone can become involved to support you. The theme this year is trust the signs. So trust your gut instinct, trust the signs that you're seeing and ask the question. It's interesting because, again, where those evaluations and those um, surveys and, and listening to the community comes in they're saying that yes okay I want to have this conversation but just tell me again how do I know that they're not okay or just just help me point to some signs and so we're going to be traveling around the country again on our regional um, tour where we hope to get to as many regional and rural communities as we can and the theme of that will be about how to trust the signs in the in people in your community so whether you live with them you work with them and it's actually going to be practical pointers so um, um, helping people have an experience and um, to see what it is that they might be spotting and then that of course will translate across our social media you'll be able to get involved that way and also on our website so being able to hop on and see what those signs are and how you can start the conversations according to those signs excellent you must be excited as it starts to ramp up and get closer Oh, definitely. It's, um, as I said, there is so much goodwill that comes through from community, from individuals, from corporate Australia. It's, um, it's absolutely incredible. And we're so grateful for all of the support. As such a small team, it's, it's incredible to, you know, to see the impact that the RUAK message does have. And so to be able to speak to so many people in this leader is, um, is so it just, it just strives us to work harder and harder. Oh, you're doing a great job. I can see why they appointed you as CEO. What a fabulous ambassador you are. Oh, I'm so passionate. I'm so passionate. And I just want to be able to empower and, and, and inspire others along with all of us in, at the board and the team and the ambassadors to say you can ask the question. It's okay to be vivid, but you can ask it because that person will feel so much, so much more supported if you ask it in that genuine manner. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much for, for being involved on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Please let me know anytime. And if there's anything that we can do to promote the work that you do, you've got our contact details now. Um, yes. you know, if, if we can share information on our social media sites and what have you. Yeah, I'd really encourage you to put, you know, to around the day, ask people to head to the Are You OK um, website because there's a page on there that says how to ask and that's what we really want people to get familiar with. Yeah, OK. We'll, we'll definitely look at promoting that for you. Thanks so much, Catherine. I really enjoyed our chat. I love doing this. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.